Good morning, church family. Welcome to church this morning. You did it. (laughs) Give yourselves a hand. You did it. You did it. Listen, there's a lot of believers at home in bed this morning. There are many, many years that I struggled to want to go to church, and it had nothing to do with the church. It really was something on the inside. So you did it this morning. You're here. We welcome you. God never disappoints. His presence is here this morning. It's already here waiting for us, like we talked about last week, waiting for us just to connect in, to do the work of the believer, to do the work, which is to not be distracted. And when those distractions come, to set them aside. And you know, I used to get distracted and I used to struggle to enter in and then condemnation would come. Man, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Why can't you worship? So that's a distraction, and it's not of God. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. So church, this morning, God's presence is here, and we can enter into the presence of Almighty God. And when we do that, we connect in with Him, and we are brought into unity with one another. Our hearts are brought into unity with one another. So stand with me this morning. We're going to enter in. We're going to celebrate the Lord. Lord. We're going to celebrate his presence and who he is this morning. Amen. I'm going to do a reading, just two verses this morning out of Psalm uh, 13. It says this, but I have trusted in your mercy. Church, how many of of you this morning are trusting in his mercy? Mm. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Lord, let us rejoice this morning in your salvation. Verse 6 says, I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Another version says, because he has been good to me. So Father, we just come before you this morning. We welcome you here in our presence. We thank you that you're here You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our praise. Thank you, Lord, for dealing bountifully with us, for being good to us, for bringing your salvation and your mercy to us, Lord. So, Father, we worship you this morning. Follow praise and honor and glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship. We're going to do something this morning. I'd like you all to have a seat. Having a seat doesn't mean that you're going to lose focus. Sometimes that happens. Before we take communion together this morning, we've been learning about the believer's authority. And last week and the week before, we the word of the Lord has been about empowerment, that we are people filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not a helpless people. We are not victims. Um, Last week, we talked about how, don't give up, how many of you have been pressing in and pressing into the Lord for breakthrough, that you have been struggling with the same thing for so long. And your heart is for freedom and your heart is for the Lord. You love the Lord. You want to walk in all the things of the word but you just keep slipping back and you just keep walking 
You just keep slipping back. You keep waking up Monday morning and it's like, oh yeah, it's me again. Boy, during worship yesterday, it was just amazing. We've been talking about how God works over time. So I want to talk to you this morning about partnership. The Lord has freedom for some people here this morning, like a new level of freedom. And this moves me because I know the desperation of sitting in something for so long. I know the desperation of having a heart that longs for the things of God and yet feeling shackled by things that I didn't ask for and things that I never wanted. I've been through like deliverance ministries. I've been, I've been in a, an amazing faith-filled word church for 23 years. Thank God. Thank God. But he works over time and he reveals things over time. This morning is, this morning is a morning of deliverance for some people here this morning. I want to talk to you about partnership. So I've known my whole life that fear is, fear is an issue. Fear is like the big daddy of the devil. He sends them out to everybody, okay? He's the strong, strong, strongest, strong man. Fear is at the root of depression. It's at the root of anxiety. It's just at the root of so many things. Insecurity. Fear is at the root of abuse, Abusive people are the most insecure and they're wounded and they're terrified. So I've always known that fear was an issue. And so I've battled fear faithfully, faithfully for 23 years. And I have gotten freedom and I have, the Lord has revealed things to me. And this morning, the Lord is going to open some eyes here this morning because that is my prayer. And that has been my prayer for years. Is Lord, open my eyes and give me eyes to see Give me eyes to see. I've been mad at God. I talked about that. What do you, where are you? I stand here every week and I worship and I feel you and I sense you. I wake up on Monday morning. Where is the freedom that you talk about? Where are you? I've been mad. He can handle that. This is not helpful. I mean, I, mean, I guess it's, I don't know if it's helpful, but it's honest. It's honest. It's always within bounds because I love him. <laughs> and I know even as I'm ranting that he's not the problem. He's the answer, and I know that. I'm frustrated because why can't I apply the answer? Where is it at, God? Show me, open my eyes. So I have battled faithfully against fear. I've stood on the word. I have quoted the word. The word is, is, uh, it is written on the walls of my house, and I have gotten victory. I have so many testimonies of victory over fear. So many testimonies of how God has delivered me from fear. What the Lord has showed me recently is about partnership. It's about partnership. And I'm so, I'm so excited. So many of you know, because I'm your pastor and I've, I've talked about it before. I was born into a home riddled with violence, with drugs, with alcohol, with no hope. And at the earliest ages, that is the, that's the sounds I've heard. That was the spirit that was everywhere. There was no covering. I wasn't covered under the authority, the righteous authority of my parents. The devil ruled and reigned in our home. And I was born into that. My parents got saved when I was almost four. And I wish I could say that it was like magic. We always just want it all to work like magic. And it just doesn't. Because God has a bigger agenda than just that moment. God's foresaw this moment 
So it didn't work like magic and I just grew up the first 22 years of my life were not awesome. And I wish I could say the violence and the, it all stopped, but it didn't. But you know what did leave was despair. Faith was real. It was real. And freedom came slowly. And my dad fought for it. He fought for it. What the Lord showed me recently is, is about partnership. When you, when, you make, when you have a partner, it's called a business partner. You're under contract. You've made agreement with that partner. You've signed documents. They are your partner. And sometimes, you know, in a business partnership, sometimes one partner or the other will get up into your side of the business. It happens everywhere. It happens up in the Rose Center in the church, you know. It's just like, Pastor Jason, I got it. I got it. This, I, this is, thank you for trying to help, but I got it. And so throughout all my years of getting free from fear, I have fear, I rebuke you, I bind you in the name of Jesus. That was me slapping his hand get out of my parenting. Nope. I'm not going to parent out of fear. Out. Out. One time we were in, we were in a fight years and years and years ago, and I was just looking out the window and I was crying and he went up to fall soundly to sleep as he does. And, um, the enemy whispered to me, he's abandoned you. And I was like, wait a second. You went too far because he's, he's right there. And I know he's not going anywhere. It was just a lie. And he wanted me to make an agreement with it. Be like, you're right. He has abandoned me. And then I would begin to act on that belief. It would begin to change everything and not toward the things of God. But I caught him. I caught him. And when I caught him, that moment dispelled. Suddenly, all fear was gone because I caught him. I was like, wait a minute. And all that looking out the window and just, (laughs) he just doesn't understand me. It just ended. I went upstairs and snuggled my husband and went to bed and fell asleep. It was over. So throughout these years, I've been smacking the hand of fear. Just smacking his hand. Get out. Get out. You know, I take authority in Jesus. I've done it. Get out. I've pushed it back. And this is what the Lord showed me. Recently, he said, Liz, he showed me me as a two-year-old and as a three-year-old and as a four-year-old and a five-year-old, six and seven Fear came in and said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you survive this mess. You stick with me, kid. I'll keep you safe. And I said, okay, okay. And I, I formed a partnership, an unholy partnership with fear because I made not just one agreement, but I just made tons of agreements through the years. And all I wanted was to be safe, not to be safe, I actually was safe. I just wanted to feel safe. I was safe. I wanted to feel safe. I wanted to feel loved. And fear helped me to do that and shackled me. But I, I agreed. And I was a child, right? Like, it's so ugly what the enemy does, how he shackles and he binds generations to sin. And so a while ago, the Lord opened my eyes to that partnership and I saw it for what it was. And I had a conversation with fear. It wasn't dramatic. There weren't a bunch of tears. 
I don't think I quoted it any Bible verses. I said, fear, I see you. I see what you have done and it is over. It is over. I have looked to you for help. I have partnered with you. I have listened to you. I have, I have done what you've said. I've taken your counsel and it's over. This partnership is over. Pack up your stuff and get the heck out of here. It's over. And as I was praying, it's like, in the name of Jesus, you are finished. As I was praying, I saw, I saw, I saw the office and the box and just pack it up, get out. I had the sense of a great divorce. It's over. It's over. And we ain't ever, ever, ever getting back together. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So this morning, what the Lord has for you here, I feel like there are unholy partnerships with grief here this morning. And you have, you have made an agreement that said, I can't live without this person. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't. And you've decided, I can't do that. The truth is, is you can do it. You can do all things because God loves you. He wants to equip you to live and to thrive. And he wants to equip you to stand on all the love of that person who's left and to thrive. Not to have an unholy, tormenting partnership with grief. It is not of him. And he wants to just break that partnership this morning. And it's not just grief. Grief is the one I feel so, so deeply. It's also just fear, specifically to insecurity of not being enough. And what it is, is that there are moments in your life when something happened, okay? Something happened. And the enemy came in and just said, you're not really good enough to hang with these people. And you thought, I'm not really good enough to hang these people, hang with these people. And you just, you make an agreement that fast, that fast. This is a crazy story. One time I had to go to the bathroom and I told my kids, I was like, you need to wait a minute. And I went to go and use the bathroom and I had this thought like, gosh, I am so selfish. But I heard it, caught it. I was able to take the thought captive, which sometimes just feels like there's so many thoughts. I couldn't do it, but I heard it. I was just like, I am not selfish for wanting to go use the bathroom. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. But the enemy wanted to take that opportunity to just take a minute in my insecurity as a mother and just slip that one in there. He will take every opportunity. And I caught him. I caught him. Since breaking this partnership with fear, I'm telling you, I've had so much freedom so much, the freedom I've been longing for, the freedom I've been yelling for, begging for, it's here. It's here. And it's here this morning. It's here this morning. So as we take communion together this morning, we're just going to have some quiet. And we're not going to fill the space. But I want you, that thing, that thing that has been, gosh, it just, sometimes it just feels like it's standing on my neck. It used to feel like it was standing just on my neck. But now it's under my feet. And I wouldn't share it with you if I didn't know. It's done. It's done. And I want you to know that 
I know, I get it. I get the struggle. So this morning, God has freedom. He wants to break partnerships. And all those years that I was begging God to help me, to help me, he could not fight against something that I was tied to. So this morning, I just want you to ask God for open eyes. I want you to let him show you. Let him lead you to see those partnerships, those agreements that you've bound yourself to. And there is no condemnation. I'm not mad at that little girl. I'm not mad at her. I'm not mad. I used to be mad at that teenager who just made such horrendous choices. But I'm not mad at her either because the devil is just ugly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to direct my anger toward the one who deserves it. So there is no condemnation in this. God is not mad at you. He wants, to, he wants you to break the partnerships. He has empowered you. We have the authority in Jesus' name. Okay, go ahead and stand up. This morning, we're going to take communion. I release you to move to the tables and get your elements. God is doing a thing this morning. He's doing this thing. He's doing what he do. He's the deliverer. Pastor Jason, you want to come up? Let's pray together. Father, we press into your presence in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we lay our hearts open before you this morning. Let today, Father, be the day of freedom. Father, let today be the day of freedom. Father, as we have walked in with mourning, let us go out with rejoicing today, this day. Father, we open our hearts to you this morning and we lay them open unto you, God. And we pray and we ask, open our eyes. Jesus, Jesus, we cry out, Son of David, have mercy this morning. Open our eyes. Let our blind eyes see. Let us see the salvation of our God. Let us see. Let us see. Unholy partnerships must be broken in the name of Jesus. Every lie must come into submission to Christ, to the truth of the word of God in Jesus' name. God, in you, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible. You are redeemer. Jesus, you are the redeemer the rescuer, the giver of sight. God, we come before you. Speak to our hearts, Father, and open our eyes, I pray in Jesus' name. The Bible says, For I receive from the Lord that which I also deliver to you, the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. We had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. 
This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. same manner he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes let us partake church we're going to continue to worship the Lord ask if you stand with me. Uh, the altars are open this morning. If you've got any business you want to do with the Lord, you just want to thank him for what he's doing in your life. You just want to be in complete agreement that what just happened in your own life will be sealed and perfected by him. Come up here this morning and come to the altar. Church, as we were singing that, uh, shake up the ground of all my tradition and break break down the walls of all my religion or the other way around. I, the Lord has freed me from fear completely. It's done. It's done. But now I've got some work to do. Okay, there's some freedom that he has brought here this morning, some partnerships that have been broken. But do you know that I have traditions, long-held traditions of ways that I respond to things? And because I was in partnership with fear, that looks a certain way. And now those traditions have to be changed. So I'm actually, I'm actually kind of excited for the first time that something happens where I would normally be a little touchy because of the opportunity to feel that touchiness coming up on me and go, wait a minute, this person, this person loves me. They didn't mean it like that. You know, to, to put off offense, to put off things, to not be triggery, because that's what fear will do, man. It just makes you triggery. So sometimes I'd leave a situation and be like, gosh, why was I so with that person? Well, it has nothing to do with that person. It's being triggered off of a fear. So I'm almost, I'm not excited. I'm not asking, but I mean, it's going to come. But he has shaken up the ground. Though That's what traditions we have our personal re- traditions and how we respond to people, how we process information, how we receive God, how we receive his love. I have a tradition of this. <laughs> to anyone who wants to love me, what do you really want from me? That's fine. This is all nice and good now, but when is it going to, it's going to end at some point. I'm ready. That's over. Amen. It's over. Amen. But I still have work to do faith to grow, trust to give, help to cry out for. Because long-held partnerships have consequences. And God, I mean, he's just ready. I'm almost excited. (laughs) Almost excited to just experience more and more and more of this healing grace that has begun to flow. So I just... um, And then the religion break up the ground of all my religion or shake up the ground of all my religion. Religious safeguarding is a thing, guys. It's a real thing. That means I do all the right things and so dot, dot, dot. 
Pastor Andy last week told us, you know, there's going to come that point where it's like, Jesus is going to say, go away. I never knew you. Come and do whatever you want to. You know, the top thing he wants to do is to know you. The top thing he wants to do is to know you and to love you. And he can't do that unless you let him in. Unless you let him all the way in and submit and surrender to him. So praise God for what he's doing. I just want to close in prayer. Do you have a scripture before I go? Just one scripture. Something that came and you had mentioned it in your prayer. It's out of Luke 1, 37. And it's just to seal everything we've talked about here. For with God, nothing will be impossible. With God, nothing will be impossible. Praise you, Lord. Father God, we just praise you and we thank you for Jesus. Father, I thank you for the plan of redemption that rescues us from unholy things that would seek to steal, kill, and destroy. God, I thank you that we stand and we have all authority under heaven to stand in victory. Father, I thank you that you are working. You are working in the lives of every believer. Father, that we can in turn reach out to the lost and tell them, this is what God did for me. And that they would come to the saving knowledge of you. God, let your kingdom come. Father, let us all be of one heart and one mind to build your kingdom, God. To walk in the truth of your word. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Father, and I just seal in the heart of every believer here. It is yes and amen. The promises of God are yes and amen. The Lord would say, am I a man that I should lie? He is not. The promises of God for you are yes and amen. God, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, church, we're going to love on one another for about five minutes. Um, If you have kids, there's nursery, there's littles ministry, ages four to six. Um, Older kids, there's kid corner. Grab your bag. If you're a guest with children, I have a special guest bag um, for some fun things for your kids to do during the sermon. Um, If you have your tithes and offerings with you here today, that's something to be excited about, um, to honor God with every part of our lives. Um, Sometimes it's easier to give that 10% and keep our heart Honestly, for some of us, for others of us, wait, no, you're the give. Yeah. He's like, oh, 10%, no problem, God. Just, you know, tell me I'm good enough just the way I am. And I'm kind of like, you know, but hey, have at it. So it goes both ways, but sometimes it's easier to give God that 10% and just say, hmm, let's not talk about, let's not talk about that yeeky part. So let's give to the Lord all of ourselves this morning. Um, But your tithes and your offerings can come up here. Um, Also, there's a connection card on the back of the seat. If you feel like God was dealing with you today, you can share it. Those connection cards are only seen by the pastoral staff um, and uh, the lovely, trustworthy ladies who help us with the tithe. But I'm not sure that they even read that. If ever you don't want, we pass them to the prayer team. If ever you just want it to be pastoral eyes only, everyone will honor that in the process. There's only about four people, one, two, three, about four people who touch those, trustworthy people. 
who honor God when no one's looking, people of integrity. But use those cards, guys. Don't walk this out alone. Don't, you, you don't get a special prize if you did it in secret, honestly, unless it's giving. And then it's like, don't, okay, anyway. Use those connection cards to talk with us. Um, those are on there if you have a prayer request praise report. All right, let's love on one another. All right, church family, a couple of announcements for you. Tonight, the Luciano group is meeting here in the sanctuary at 6.30 p.m. Tonight, you will have the great joy of having Chet Carter uh, as your teacher. I think that's great. Paul and Luana go to Florida for like two months every winter, which I think is really great for them. Yay. Um, So Chet is teaching the group tonight. Uh, It's always good. It's always the word. Uh, So come on out at 6.30 here in the sanctuary. Uh, Prayer and fasting guides are on the table. As a church, we are in the middle of a 21-day fast uh, in January. This is a tradition. Okay, this is a tradition of this church. Um, It may be going to get shaken up at some point. And let's be prepared for that because it's a tradition. And fasting, I think fasting needs to be fresh. So it's good to shake things up every once in a while. Um, It's also good to start the year with fasting. So, you know, there you go. I don't know if it's going to change, but it could. We're going to keep it fresh. And, yeah, I do. I really think it's good to start the new year with fasting. So prayer and fasting guides can be found at the back table. Um, They maybe are also in the column. Are they in the column? The column out in the lobby is the place, man. It is the place where information can be found. So column is your friend. Lastly, giving statements are available. Uh, January, those who do the taxes are looking to do the taxes. Thankfully, that is not me in my house. Um, So the 2022 giving statements, there's a table set up in the lobby, and they are there. So go ahead. Don't forget to get that on your way out. That's all. All right. We're going to continue to worship the Lord, and we're going to pray over our giving here. Um, man, I'm so excited. So excited for 2023 for so many reasons, so many ways, and I, I'm not even going to share all the ways yet because I feel like the Lord's going to reveal them throughout the year, so I'm really excited what he's going to go do. But I just, this scripture keeps coming up in my heart uh, as we're talking about 2023, uh, and it is the First Corinthians 3. And I just this scripture just goes to really those who have faithfully been praying and planting seed and watering and feeling as if whatever it is that they're praying for, believing for, planting and watering has not yet grown, is not yet growing, or they haven't seen it growing. But God wants you to know this morning that that seed has germinated, it has taken root, and even though you don't see that branch coming up or that, uh, that plant coming up, even though you don't see it yet, God is working on it and he is making it grow. Amen? And that's really what I've just been believing in my heart for 2023. All those things that we have just been praying from, believing for, they will sprout forward. We will see those roots come up. We will see those branches come out and there will be fruit on them in Jesus' name. So here's the scripture. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, starting in verse 6, it says, I planted, this is Paul speaking, Paulus watered, but God gave the increase. So that neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters is anything, but God who gives the increase. Amen? 
Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the one who does the increase. Father, we thank you for every gift, every giver. We thank you for these tithes, these offerings, Lord. Father, these are seeds that are planted. These are seeds that are uh, being watered, Father God. And we just we do our part, Lord, but you do your part. And we thank you for that, Lord. You go above and beyond. You are immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God of multiplication. Not even addition, but multiplication. And Father, we thank you for that. We give you the glory and honor for that this morning. And Father, as uh, we get into your word today, Lord, that you would just open our ears and our eyes to see your goodness and your love for us and how much you care for us. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Well, here's what I want you to do this morning. Uh, I want you to turn to James chapter 3 and hang tight there for a second. I will get there. I do this a lot when I'm preaching. I give you a verse and it takes me like 20 minutes to get to that verse, but that's okay. We will get there, I promise. Uh, but we are in the, really, I would say the middle. Maybe we're coming a little bit towards the end of the series called The Believer's Authority. Uh, we've been doing that series, I don't know if we started back in November, we really went through December, and then we had uh, some Christmas stuff going on, and then we really picked back up last week, and Pastor Andy picked it back up. But I want to read the key scripture to us, and I want to take a moment just to look at that again this morning. It's out of Mark 16, and it starts in verse 15. And here's what I want you to know, I think, you know, we, we hear of the Great Commission, and we always think of it's written as Matthew wrote it. Like we go to the end of the book of Matthew, and that's the Great Commission that most of us have memorized or remember. But this is Mark's version of the Great Commission. This is Mark's version of what he interpreted, what he heard, what he saw, and then what he put down on paper, okay? Or parchment, or however they wrote it back then. He certainly didn't type it on his laptop, okay? However he wrote this stuff down, which I find amazing that they have so many copies of the New Testament We'll get into all that. That's for another day. But it says this. And he said to them, so this is Mark talking, that Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now that was familiar to us. We see that. It feels like that's in kind of all the great commissions throughout the four gospels. It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, what he came and did, and he rose from the grave, and now he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he forgives our sins, and we can be eternity with him. That's the good news. Can I get an amen? <laughs> That's a good news. The gospel. Verse 16, but he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Believe. You will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Oof. Heavy words, tight words. Andy talked to Pastor Andy talked a little bit about that last week. And then it goes to verse 17, which is where we've been focusing on. And these signs will follow those who believe. What are the signs actually for? Is to reveal the great commission to reveal the gospel message to those who are seeing the signs, experiencing the signs, seeing the signs done through their life. It is the great commission. What the Lord wants from us as believers is to have these signs follow us. And what's it for? So we can go around looking like, hey, look at me. I just laid hands on the sick and they were recovered. No, it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with when you lay hands on the sick and they recover in your workplace and they don't know Jesus. Do you think they're going to do something like, whoa, 
What just happened? I've had shoulder pain for six years, and you came over here and prayed for me, and my shoulder has more movement than it's ever had in my entire life. Whoa, 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 what just happened? And you say, well, let me tell you what happened. And it opens up an opportunity to share the gospel message. So all, that's, why, that's why God is showing us through Mark saying, these are the signs that are going to follow us because they are gonna be, they're going to arrest the attention of the unbeliever. With, this stuff happens, this arrests the attention of the believer. Does it not? You see a demon, you, if you are in an, an experience and you are able to see a demon cast out, which I've had experiences with, you're like, woo! That arrests your attention. You're like, holy cow, look at just what happened. This is amazing. And these are the signs that will follow us. And here they are. Uh, Mark lists them for us. These signs will follow those believers. In my name, which means we are his ambassadors. We are his ambassadors in this world. We are representatives of his kingdom. So that's why, hey, if you are an American... But I am a Christian, which means Christ. I am the ambassador of Christ. That is the kingdom that I'm coming from. That is the kingdom that I'm a part of, which is greater and bigger than any country, any border, any city, any town, any country. doesn't matter. It's the kingdom. We are kingdom people. We are, we are in God's, in his family. Can we get our heads around that for a second? The believer's authority, if you believe in Jesus, you've made him your Lord and Savior, you are part of God's kingdom, part of his family, which trumps all the other kingdoms, all the other rules and laws and governments, all of it. We are part of that, and there's freedom in that. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. We spent a few weeks talking about that, looking at that. What does that look like? What does that mean? How do we do it? They will speak with new tongues. I'm going to hit this one this morning. Last week, verse 18, Andy did this, Pastor Andy. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And then here's one that we haven't got to yet. We'll probably work on this one next week. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So what is a sign? Pastor Andy had a great definition of what, is a, what a sign is. These are signs that follow us. Signs are used... To notify people of a direction they are on or a direction to go, they basically, they point people somewhere. Do they not? They point people somewhere. These signs that we're talking about point us and others to God. Because when these occur, when these happen, when demons are cast out, when hands are laid on the sick, when new tongues begin to flow, all these things, they are miraculous things that can only be done by God. And they point us to God. One of my daughters is reading uh, the driver's license manual. So this would be child number three who is working on their license. And we were driving in the car yesterday. I think it was yesterday. She was like, she said something. She's like, Dad, do you know that when you come up to an intersection and there is a specific light that has like, this is the right turn light and it is red, she said, do you know that even though that has a red arrow, you can turn on red? I was like, okay. She's like, even if there's no sign, as long as there's no sign that says no turn on red, 
you can still turn on red. Even though it says, this is your right-hand turn signal, and it's specific for you, and it's red, you think, I can't turn. She's like, that's not true. You can. And so there are signs, right, everywhere. And we laugh. She's driving down the street. We're going, I'm just like, she starts pointing out signs. Well, this means that. This means this. This means that. Well, can I tell you there are some signs that are more important than others? Right? Which, which one is more important? The stop sign or the mile marker which, in which you happen to be at? Right? Like, do you even see the mile marker? Why are they even there? Who spent the money to put them there? Every tenth of a mile on the highway, everywhere I go, there's a mile marker sign. And I'm thinking it's got to be so when you call for an emergency, like you can tell them where you're at. That's the only thing I came up with as to why those are there. But a stop sign, like that's, that's a good one to pay attention to, right? The stop sign is like you're driving, you're just like, whoa, 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 there's a stop sign. We're going to look at that one real close and follow it. Well, these signs, church, are like stop signs. These signs that follow the believer, these are ones that stop people in their tracks. They stop us because they're worth attention. They're worth focusing on and seeing and understanding what they are. These, these four things or five things, depending on how you count them, these are amazing signs that God has and wants to reveal and show to us. So what is this authority? I'll just review this real quick. The believer is anyone who holds a strong unwavering, unshaken, unmoving, no matter what's going on, no matter the circumstance of the situation, unwavering belief in the truth of something. And this authority then, so if we have a believer's authority, if we are unwavering belief in God and who he is and what he can do, then the authority is a delegated power. It's delegated from God. It's not ours. The old, we didn't do anything to earn it other than believe in Jesus and who he is and what he's done and, our, and that faith in him. It's a delegated power and the right to command and enforce obedience. Whew. Command and enforce obedience. And today we're going to be talking about new tongues. How many of us need to command and enforce obedience over our own tongue and what, happens, what it happens to say, where did that come from? I can't believe I just, how many of you guys have ever said the words, I can't believe I just said that, <laughs> right? You don't have to raise your hands because I feel all of you raising your hand internally, so I'm getting a lot of good feedback from you guys, right? So all of you are just like, yeah, that's been me, I've been there. And I believe that this, this new tongues that, that Mark is talking about that are signs is twofold, and we're going to get into that. So what is this, this, without the authority, we have no right to use the power. Without the power, your, our authority is meaningless, which means this authority that comes from God is backed by him. It's backed by him. This authority that we have is backed by him. So I have a couple testimonies I want to share real quick. Maybe I'll just share uh, two of them uh, quickly. One of them came on one of our connection cards, and I'm not going to give the names, but I'm going to read this out, because this is a sign to make you realize or to arrest your attention on something that we've been talking about. It says this, we've had trouble sleeping for weeks, not understanding, attacks from the enemy over and over. It says specifically, we actually didn't pray about it. We didn't ask God for any help. Why would we do that? Why would we just not ask for the help? This is what I thought when pastor said, pray over your home. 
I did a message about praying over your home. And so we just didn't do it. I don't understand why we didn't do it. We didn't do this. But when we did and we asked for help, we prayed over our home and we said in the name of Jesus, anything that shouldn't be here needs to go. Now we sleep all through the night. And the only thing that wakes us up is the alarm in the morning. Thank you, God, for our prayers being answered, and we will continue to pray in Jesus' name. Amen? Give God a hand for that. I mean, this is like, we have had so many stories, even in our own house, about the enemy trying to come in and steal our sleep. I mean, it happens over and over and over. And it's, like, it's a battle that we constantly are saying, you know what? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And I'm going to just give props to one of my children. I won't give their names this morning. But they got a Christmas present. What's that? Okay, it's my little guy. It's Jairus. Okay. It's a great one. So he got a Christmas present. And ever since he got this Christmas present, it was like an action figure. And it was a, as a bad guy action figure. And it was, uh, it was like Halo or something like that. And it was this bad guy action figure. And he had this ugly face. And he looked really bad or whatever. It just looked kind of demonic, actually. And I guess we didn't realize it because when we bought it, it had a helmet on. And so then when the helmet came off, we're like, oh, wow, this doesn't look that great. So he was having trouble sleeping in his room night after night after night. And Pastor Liz says to him, says, hey, buddy. Why don't you pray and ask God what's causing this disruption in your sleep? He's 11, guys. So don't for a second think that there's any age limit on some of these things. Kids know and understand and can and grasp hearing from God. In fact, they can probably do it a lot of times better than we can. Because we're set in our religious ways, right? The song, Break Down Our Religion. Come on, please. Break down by the faith of a child. Goodness sakes. And so... He prays, he says, Lord, I want to know what it is that's causing me to lack sleep. And he went to, I don't know if he was sleeping or not sleeping, but he had like a vision and he saw this specific halo creature, halo uh, uh, character. He saw it in his mind's eye and the Lord revealed to him, that is the problem. This is why you're not sleeping. And he immediately came to his mom and said, mom, Thank you for this Christmas present, but this has to go. And she took it, and we got it out of the house, and I believe he has not had another night of challenge sleep since that happened. He loved that toy. Yeah, and he loved that toy. He didn't hesitate to get rid of it. And he didn't hesitate to get rid of it, no matter how hard it was to do. Oh, 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 yeah, come on, the story gets even, is better. You know, I'm, a, I'm an evangelistic, they call it. You know, I have these stories, and I don't always get all the facts exactly right as they need to be. And so Liz helps me with these, which I love. So here's what happened. So she didn't get rid of it. She put it in our bedroom. No, 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 no. You put it in our bedroom. In the drawer. Well, it was in the drawer. Well, what does it matter? It's still in the bedroom. And when it went into the bedroom, I had a horrible night's sleep. And I didn't know it was in the bedroom, right? I had a nut. What's that? I had a nightmare about a... I actually... I'm not even sure it was a night. I had two nightmares, and I actually think a spider was on my head during the night. Because I, like, felt and I woke up and did one of those, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, right? And in the name of Jesus, no spiders are allowed in my bed. In Jesus' name. That's a pestilence. That's a problem. That's not something that is allowed to be there. And when we realized 
And she was, Liz was like, oh my gosh, it's in the drawer. Yeah, and so we got it immediately, and then I literally threw it in the garbage. It went in the garbage in the kitchen. I was like, that's not far enough away from me. And so I wrapped up the kitchen garbage, and it was only half full. I wasted half a trash bag, because this was so important. This thing had to go. So I got it out of the house, and I'll tell you what, I had a wonderful, wonderful night's sleep. Amen? But this stuff is real, what I want you to tell you. The spiritual realm is real. The spiritual world is real. The Bible says we don't battle against flesh and blood, and that the spiritual realm, which we do not see, is actually more real than the physical realm. So why would we not investigate and pray and hear from the Holy Spirit of what is happening in the spiritual realm so that we can take our believer's authority over it and change the circumstance in which we're in? This is what we're talking about. This is why I love this series. This is why I think it's so important for us. Okay, I'll get to the, some of the other, the, another testimony. I'll get to that next week. So this, what is this? They will speak with new tongues. Why is this part of this list? Well, number one, you can't do it without God. Come on, church. You, can, you can't tame the tongue. We'll get to James 3. That's why I have you there. I know I'm not there yet. You can't tame the tongue without the help of God. It's actually miraculous. It's actually a miraculous thing. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, and our church talks about this a lot, but i got to mention it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Whoa. Like, let that sit just for a minute. Death and life. A choice as to how we speak and what we say and what we declare will determine whether something lives or dies. I've actually read they've done studies where they've like, I know this will seem crazy, but they have taken two plants. They've taken two plants with the same exact sunshine and the same exact nutriated water, whatever it was, and in one plant, they spoke to it and said, you will be healthy, you will be strong, and you will grow. And then they looked at the other plant and said, you will die, you will dry up, and you will no longer be. And can I tell you that it actually came to pass? It came to pass. This plant grew and was healthy. This plant died. Because the Bible doesn't lie. If death and life are in the power of our tongue, then what we say, we are constantly bringing life or death. And here's the rest of it. And those who love it will eat its fruit. That means, you ever hear somebody say, man, you're going to eat those words? That's like a play off of this scripture, right? Because what we say, we end up eating, we end up seeing, we end up experiencing. This we, how many of us want to speak in new tongues? Hallelujah, I don't want the tongue of my flesh anymore. I don't want the tongue of the old man anymore. I don't want that tongue anymore. I want a new tongue. I want, it is, and he lists it in the list of miraculous things. And he's talking about two different tongues. I believe he's talking about our own language, and then, of course, our spiritual language. I want to get to both of those here in just a minute and talk about these. But this death and life are in the power of it. We've used this uh, example before, our, our Eva, little Eva, when she was, she's 13 now, when she was a toddler. Wow. Wow, she was a toddler, full on, full bore. And she would just be like, what are we going to do with her? I can't believe she's like this. And this, and man, 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 man. And the more we spoke that junk, the more the junk happened. And we had decided, I think, Pastor Liz, one day, you know what? We are renaming you, Eva. 
we are renaming you Sweet Eva. And we began to speak over her that she was sweet, she was kind, and that even though we saw her running into the other room and yanking on her older sister's hair for apparently no reason but to make her scream and cry, why should we, it's just like, what the heck was that, right? You're like, whoa, what's going on? But we began to speak that over the course of time, over the course of time, we have sweet Eva. And any of you that knows her, amen, any of you that knows this girl knows that she is one of the sweetest kids you ever meet. She goes to the school here at LCA, and she is just friends with everybody, and she, because she's so sweet. But you think that she's that sweet? But because, because of God. Because he has revealed to us that death and life and the power of our tongue, and we could have just continued to say how bad she was and how awful she was, and I'm telling you as I'm standing here today, Eva at 13 would be a different person. Yeah. And that comes because of, for two things. One, the authority that we have as her parents, because we stand in authority over her, which makes a big difference because someone, somebody out there, I won't mention any names, you can say bad things about Eva and try to speak those over to her, but guess what? My words trump your words, okay? Because I'm in authority over her. As a parent in your families, those who are in authority over your family, you have power even more so when your words, when you speak over your kids, over your marriage, over your relationships. There's power in that. And I want them to be a new tongue in Jesus' name. All right, James 3. I'm going to read a little portion of scripture here. I'm going to start in verse 1. I'll read it fairly quickly. But you guys have heard the story. It says this, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers. I was going to skip this one, but I guess I'll say it anyway. Let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Okay, that one's for me. We'll talk about that later. Okay, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. It's impossible without him. Able also to bridle his whole body. Verse 3, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large, they are driven by fierce winds. They are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire. Whoa! Our tongue is a fire. Come on, church. A world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among the members that it defiles the whole body. It sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by what? The flesh, when the flesh is in control of our tongue, it brings destruction from hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature and sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. No man can tame the tongue, but God. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeding blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring set forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt, water, 
and fresh. We need, church, a fresh tongue. We need a fresh language. Only God. This is a, one of the signs to an unbeliever. Come on, church. Can you believe that? It's like our ability to be able to speak psalms and positive things to the world is actually something that arrests the attention of the world itself. It is supernatural. It's absolutely supernatural. I believe that this verse is speaking of two different types of tongues. The first one is this. God will give you a new natural language. Meaning words you used to say, ways you used to go about speaking, God will begin to change. And how do I know that? How do do I know that he will give us a new natural language? It comes out of Luke 6, verse 45. It says this, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure out of his heart brings forth evil, death and life, out of the power of the tongue. But look at this. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So you understand the only... You can pray, Lord, change my natural language, and he's not going to do it. You're like, wait, what? You can pray all you want. I mean, I just need to stop cursing. Lord, help me to stop cursing. Lord, help me to stop cursing. And then you stub your toe and beep, 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 yeah, right? And why do I say these things? Why do I do these things? This verse is telling us that only God can do it, but you have to be willing to open your heart. There has to be a heart change, and the only one that can truly do a heart change is God himself. He is the one who comes in and softens our heart and changes our heart and redirects our heart. It's what we talked about all morning this morning. It's what really the beginning part of this service was all about, was about opening our heart to let God do a new way to break the agreements that we've made in our heart that will then change our language. That's a new tongue, church. That's a new tongue. A new voice will rise up from out of your heart when your heart begins to change. So my prayer for you this morning is that you will open your heart and let the Lord in to do the work that you don't want him to go do. I'm sorry. Nobody wants to have that onion peeled back. Nobody wants to get deep into the, into the inner workings of our hearts. But if we would allow God to do it in a supernatural way, and we say, Lord, move in my heart, change my heart, it will begin to change our tongue. And will we have a new tongue? The Bible says this as a sign to, new, to unbelievers, John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. When you're on social media and you, some, you see these things blasted out there and you see Christians blasting other Christians or whatever, blasting some other thing with vicious intent, you're like, how is that witnessing to the world? How is that helping anybody in any shape or form? All you're doing is wanting to fight and have a battle with somebody else. By all this, we'll know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If we speak in psalms and hymns and spirit songs of encouragement and building each other up. We can use social media and a platform for so many things of good, but too many of us use it for things that tear people down. That's, not what get, that's, a, that's, that's a sign to unbeliever in the wrong way. Like, why would I want to be a part of that? 
They're just as angry as I am, just on the other side, right? That's what it feels like. But all this will know. So here's what the Lord says. He says this in James 1. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let the patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. I believe that when we allow God in and we begin to let him change our heart, that when these trials hit, when we stub our toe, or whatever the trial is, a real trial, that you are having in your life, your language, a new tongue begins to roll forward and out because you're understanding and trusting in the Lord and your faith is being set on the Lord. Say, with God, nothing is impossible. And I'm going to stand and my tongue will then begin to change a new way because of who he is. Then the second one here, I believe that he's talking about is God will give you a new heavenly language. Also assigned to unbelievers, it says this in 1 Corinthians 14. Therefore, tongues, now we're talking about a heavenly language, a heavenly prayer language. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, a new language and a new tongue, an unnatural one, meaning not your English language or your Spanish language or whatever, whatever language that you speak begins to come forward. Out of your spirit, man, and a new tongue begins to rise up. It says, therefore, tongues are not a sign, are a sign not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. This is a sign for unbelievers, but it's more than that. It says this in 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank God I speak with tongues more than you all. This is Paul speaking. My heart and my encouragement for this church is that you will speak in tongues more than me. Honestly. I, and I'm starting to do it more, so good luck. And here's the reason why. Not just because it's a sign for un- unbelievers, but I'm telling you that in circumstance after circumstance, after situation after situation, when I don't know what to do, when I don't know what to say, when I've, I've exhausted, and I'm going to start doing this before I get to the end of my physical and mental abilities on my own, I say, what else can I do but speak in my heavenly language? And begin to pray and say, because when you do that, when you begin praying in tongues, in your spiritual language, it is your spirit man praying the perfect words for the situation in which you're in. The perfect words. The Bible says that when we, when we pray in our prayer language, it edifies us. And what it actually does, which I find this amazing, is when you do that in the midst of a fight with your spouse, not, you don't just start out loud, start speaking in tongues at the other person and waving your hands. That's not what I'm talking about. But internally, you say, you know what? I know I, my wife says this all the time. When we're in like a, a, a challenging situation, a marriage challenging situation, which does happen, maybe more often than, than you might think, right? But there's a challenging situation. She has told me many a times, you begin to speak in tongues and pray in your prayer language, and it stops all of the other emotions and words and fleshly tongues that she wants to say or that I want to say back to her, and it begins to change the whole atmosphere of the situation. And so I would challenge you that in your situation, even when your boss is talking to you and you're just like, right, you want to do, oh my gosh, what if we just stop for a moment and begin to use our prayer language silently, even internally? 
Because the Bible says this, it says in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. You begin to build yourself up. This prayer language edifies us. It builds us up. There, the public tongue, which I was talking about earlier, in, when I, that first verse I read, is a sign you know, that we see for unbelievers. But this tongue, this, this baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, changes our lives. It changes the trajectory of our lives. It calms the inner storms. It brings peace in the situation. It helps you when your flesh is absolutely in control and you have to say, I have to get myself back in control and I don't know what to do. This is what you are to do. Jacob, if you want to come back up here. And I know many of you have testimonies in your own life of these new tongues that God has provided has changed situations and circumstances. And so my challenge for you this week is this. Number one, take a listen to your own natural language throughout the week. What are the words that you're using? What are the words that you're saying? Are you bringing death or life to the situation in which you're speaking over? Whether it's your marriage, your kids, the school that they go to, your workplace, your grandkids, the politician, the church, the government, whatever, whatever, all the stuff. Just take a moment and pause and reflect on your natural language and watch it and see where your heart truly is. And I will tell you, every one of us, if you truly do it this week, you will see there are certain instances and circumstances and situations where your heart is not aligned with God for that circumstance. And I believe it will be revealing to you to see that. And I want you to invite Jesus into that situation. Invite God in, just like Jesus was invited to that wedding in John chapter 2. He was invited to the wedding. Invite him in. Because the miracle can't happen if Jesus isn't there. The water didn't get turned into wine by somebody else. The only reason it happened is because Jesus was there. Because they invited him in and they asked the question, what should we do? And his mother Mary said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. So it's my challenge for you this week. As you have a situation that comes up, evaluate the language, the words that you're using. Find the situation this week where your heart is not aligned in the right place and invite Jesus in to that situation and tell him, commit to him, I will do, Lord, whatever you tell me to do. And then I challenge you with the second challenge is this, to use your prayer language at least twice as much as you are today. Minimum. Go for four if you want. That's my challenge to myself. More situations, more circumstances. Tell yourself, you know what, Here's my trigger will be every time I see a stop sign. Every time I see a sign, and it's whatever it is, whatever sign you want, but for me it'll be a stop sign, I will pause for a minute and pray in my heavenly language for whatever situation that the Lord has in front of me. So if you bow your heads this morning, close your eyes. I want to pray over you.
Father, we just come to you this morning. And we ask that in your name, that you would give us new tongues. And you would do that in only the way that you do it, by changing our heart. By softening our heart, Lord. Soften our heart, every situation. You know each person here. You know the number of hairs on their head. You know the situation where their heart has been hardened or they're struggling in a circumstance or a situation. Father, may they invite you in this week and begin to change their natural tongue. And Father, I just pray that we would, each of us who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that we would use our prayer language at a whole new level this coming week, month, year, and forever moving forward. Lord, that as situations and circumstances would come up, that a new tongue would rise up. And that when we would used to say this, we would quietly pray and you would give us a new word and a new language and a new tongue for the situations in which we have faced. So, Father, we give you all the praise and the honor for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen. We have some prayer teams that are going to be coming up here. Two things. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Come up here. They will pray with you. They will will work with you to invite Jesus into your life, into your circumstance, into your situation. Then the second thing is you have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I would say that today is the day for you as well. I'll be standing right up here. I want you to come up here. I want you to talk with me. I will pray with you. I will give you information. And I will will agree with you that that baptism of the Holy Spirit that I have experienced, that many of us have experienced, will absolutely radically change your life. Because it changes, the spirit man begins to overflow and it does nothing but change our tongue. Because out of the overflow of our heart is how we speak. So I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with our, the same uh, declaration that I've been reading over us. So just receive this this morning. It's a declaration of the authority of the believer. Satan, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. For it is written, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Because you are bound, Satan, you and all of your demonic forces may not come against this church, this family, these people sitting here, the people that are listening and watching, you may not come against them in the name of Jesus. Satan, you are bound away from us and our families. We are covered and cleansed with the blood of Jesus. And Satan, you may not steal, kill, or destroy us or our property in Jesus' name. And I remind you, Satan, that you are defeated and we are victorious in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I send you off with this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing and that you may abound in the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Have a wonderful week. And if you're looking for prayer, you may come up here.